you are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich, and it is pit week for Penn State football. Nittany Lions and Panthers will play under the lights at Heinz Field on Saturday night. We're going to be talking about that for the most of the rest of this week. We did get into Penn State's near collapse and victory against Appalachian State on Monday's show. Uh, You can go back and listen to that. We had some great discussion with John McGonigal of the Center Daily Times. Uh, If you missed that on Labor Day or didn't see it, that is in our archives uh, from Monday where we discussed a lot of that. We'll still be discussing a lot of issues from that game. Uh, Penn State has a lot of of things it needs to fix quickly in order to get a win on Saturday night. Uh, But we are going to shift the focus to Pitt this week. It is the third time in three years these teams are meeting the in-state rivals who aren't rivals, depending on who you ask, uh, are playing. It's uh, Penn State, of course, lost the first game in 2016 of this this new series, won last season. Uh, we're going to get into uh, a various amount of topics on the series this week, if it's a rivalry, how the teams view it differently, uh, what the future schedule might hold between these two teams. Uh, but on today's show, we're going to get a little bit into the pit side of things. And right off the bat on the start of this show, I'm going to be joined by Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, who's going to give a a little bit of an update from the Steel City uh, and give a view of how some Pitt fans and the Pitt Panthers are getting ready for Saturday's game and how they view things uh, in this series slash maybe a rivalry against Penn State. Real quick, a little bit of housekeeping. You can follow Locked On Nittany Lions on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. I can also be found there at S. Pianovich. Really appreciate any feedback, questions, comments you have about the show, things you would like to see featured or talked about on the show. We, of course, will welcome that. Locked on Nittany Lions is also on Facebook. And we can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Really appreciate every subscriber, everyone who downloads and leaves a rating and review of the show. That is great as we continue to build an audience here on Locked On Nittany Lions. So getting into Penn State Pitt, I personally kind of enjoy Penn State Pitt games. I know a lot of Penn State fans have mixed feelings about this, and there there are certainly mixed messages coming from, from the two different teams uh, about this series. If you look at Pitt and kind of the line that their fans and their program has is that this is a big game. This is a rivalry. This game is very important to us. The Penn State line, at least from James Franklin and from a a section of the fan base, is this is just another game. Of course, last season after Penn State beat Pitt, James Franklin compared the Pitt game to just being like Akron, who Penn State beat in the 2017 season opener. So I think Penn State fans enjoy that too, treating Pitt as a little brother. But it is an always an interesting and entertaining week and game when it's on the schedule. So to talk more about that, we're going to be joined right now by Adam Bittner, who's a sports producer at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. 
Adam, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, how are things going in the Steel City? What are Pitt fans talking about leading up to this game this week? Well, I think they've started today by, you know, freaking out about Le'Veon Bell not showing up to training camp. But other than that, um, you know, I think they're excited for the uh, for the game week. They got the win against Albany under their belt. And uh, as they say, this is their Super Bowl. So people are fired up. Yeah, and we're recording this Monday afternoon. I know Pat Narduzzi wrapped up a press conference earlier today. He said something along the lines of, you can treat this like a normal game, but we know it's it's more than that. I mean, kind of a shot at Penn State, if you, if you want to call it that. But is that is that the way that you think most Pitt fans view this game? I don't think it's just that either. It's, it's, it's the fact that Penn State's, a, you know, I don't know what they're ranked at this moment now after the, after the uh, I don't think the AP polls come out yet, but they're you know, probably going to be a top 10, top 15 team. Um, so, really, you know, regardless of how you slice it, whether it's Penn State or whether it's anybody else, it's a big deal to play, a, you know, a, a top 10 team in your home stadium in prime time. So, you know, it's it's big game kind of regardless of the rivalry, but, you know, there is that element to it too. Yeah, and obviously, as, as most fans know, there's not another Penn State pick game on the schedule after 2020. So even if they do end up scheduling something, it's going to be at least 10, 15 years down the road or something like that. As someone who went to Penn State and now covers Pittsburgh sports, I just wanted to get your opinion on if you think Penn State and Pitt should play more and what you think about the uncertain future. I think you know I think it's important that they they at least give some definition to the rivalry and schedule a future series by the end of the the current series that ends next year. Um, you know I don't necessarily care if it's it's it could be 2030. Just let people know that you know, from Penn State's end that, you know, they want to play other teams and that's fine, but they are committed to, you know, having this rivalry be a, you know, somewhat regular part of their non-conference schedule. Um, you know, I think they've proven that because this is the second four-game series they've played with Pitt since they joined the Big Ten. By the time the series is over, they will have not played any Power 5 team more than Pitt uh, since they joined the Big Ten. So I think Penn, Penn, Penn State's shown a commitment to, uh, you know, playing this rivalry, but they don't they don't really do it verbally and they don't really validate the people who, who continue to see it as a, as an important series. So I think it would be a nice step for them to say, yeah, we're going to play in 2032 or whatever. And that's a long time away. And that's going to make some people mad. You know, that's fine, but just say that you are committed to playing this game again uh, before the series ends. And I think a, a lot of people will, uh, will appreciate that. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens, but there was some Penn State scheduling news last week in that Penn State scheduled a few non-con games, including Temple in 2026 and 2027. Some people viewed that as a place they could have put Pitt on the schedule. I know a few Pitt fans and some media members were were, were a little upset or called out Penn State for not wanting to play Pitt again. Uh, just what did you think of that announcement, and, and does that seem like it adds some fuel to the fire, uh, given the announcement was so close to this year's this year's edition? Well, yeah, and especially because Pitt had submitted an offer to play in those years that Penn State did schedule Pitt. Um, so, you know, it, it'd be one thing if, if Pitt already had something else going on, um, which I think, I believe they do. I believe after Penn State turned them down, they went and scheduled Wisconsin, which should be a fun trip for all those people, so I'm sure they'll appreciate that, but... Um, but there, that was the that was, those were two years that they did want to play Penn State, so I think that kind of stuck in their craw a little bit more than it might have normally too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know you have something coming out this week about the last time that Penn State and Pitt played 
in a primetime game, which was more than 30 years ago. Uh, what can you tell us about that game in 1987, and what do you think it means for these two teams to meet again in a, in a primetime game on a national stage? Yeah, I'll give you, give you a little preview. Um, the, the last time these two teams played was 1987 in a night game. Um, Penn State lost that game. Penn State was a ranked team. I believe they were ranked 15th or 16th. They were trying to get into a big bowl game, and they went into Pitt Stadium. It was the first time that Joe Paterno ever lost at Pitt Stadium. Um, it was a ten. It was a very ugly game. The field goal kickers got had kicks blocked, missed a ton of field goals. It was three nothing Pitt until the last uh, minute of the game when um, you know the Pitt defensive back picked off the Penn State quarterback, ran it back for a touchdown, um, and then you know Pitt pulled the upset, and it was. It was really a pretty big game, and I, and I you know, kind of take the angle of, if you want to look historically of how, how that game fits, it was really the last game in the glory days of the rivalry um, where these two teams were like national championship contenders almost every year. Um, you know, that's, that was really the night that it, it, everything kind of changed because pretty soon Pitt like, slid into medi- mediocrity that kind of endures to this day. Penn State joined the Big Ten, so they, you know, in a lot of ways changed their focus to – a lot of other opponents so it's it's you know this game is a, a nice opportunity to look back at the last time they played in prime time and 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 where that stacked up historically so it was, it was a fun piece for me to write yeah I, I encourage everyone to check that out when it's published later this week and it, this is a prime time game which has not been the case for uh the last two years and these teams have met uh what do you expect that to make the atmosphere like uh given that everyone's gonna have a few extra hours though you're not apparently not allowed to tailgate until five o'clock, but people are going to have some extra hours on their hands uh, before this, this game kicks off at 8 PM. What do you think things are going to be like on the North shore? You know, I, I think, you know, it's good and bad. It, it would be nice to be able to tailgate out there all day, but I also think, you know, there's enough idiots on both sides of this rivalry that I don't know if you want everyone getting souped up for eight hours and then, you know, injecting them into Heinz field together. Uh, for four more, you know, I, I can see. I can see where maybe that was a talking point when they were discussing the uh, regulations. Um, but you know, the last time when it was a noon game um, two years ago, 2016, it was a really great scene. There were a lot of mixed tailgates. Um, you know, a lot of Penn State fans and a lot of Pitt fans who live and work together, and it's an opportunity to get together and celebrate. You know, that common bond of loving college football and all that stuff. It's it's not always intense and petty and kind of the stuff you see on Twitter. I think, you know, in the real world and in, in, in our city, you know, it's really an opportunity for people to get together and celebrate college football um, in a town where, you know, if you're a college football fan, you often feel overshadowed by the Steelers. So it's it's really a day where you get to celebrate your passion if you love college football. And and I think, you know, that was that was the vibe last time that I got, and I'm hoping we'll see that again Saturday night. Yeah, it should be a great atmosphere. You, you hope to see a good a good crowd in Heinz Field that and hopefully they all make it in after a long day of, of tailgating. We'll see. Uh, and just real quick, from a field perspective, I don't know if Penn State fans know a ton about this year's Pitt Panthers team. I know they were 33-7 to winners over Albany last week, but not sure how much you learn from a game like that. Most people have picked them to be in the middle or the bottom of the ACC this year. Won five games a season ago, probably looking somewhere in that five, six, seven win range this year. Uh, what can you tell us, just from a football perspective, about the 2018 Pitt Panthers? I think it's gonna be interesting to see how their defense reacts. There's, you know, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of talk in this this preseason about, you know, is this defense finally gonna look like a Pat Narduzzi defense? Um, you know, are they gonna be able to? 
is the secondary going to be good enough to allow that front seven to put pressure um, on opposing offenses the way he did when he was at Michigan State? Because um, really that's his strategy is to kind of leave those defensive backs on an island, let the front seven, um, you know, pressure people. And, and um, you know, to this point in his pit tenure, he hasn't really been able to do that because he hasn't had the horses. Um, they think they do now. I guess we will see whether that is true or whether we're going to have another, you know, 2016-style game where, you know, Penn State was just kind of passing up and down the field on them. Um, and, you know, to, they, to a certain extent that happened last year too. So I think, um, you know, that, that'll be the interesting thing to watch is how does how, how do Penn State's receivers, their young receivers, match up against that young secondary for Pitt that they have a lot of hope in. Yeah, this is Pat Narduzzi's fourth season now at Pittsburgh. He's 22-17 and 17 overall, but is 1-1 one and one so far against Penn State. All right, we're going to step away for a quick break, but Adam's going to stay with us after that, and we're going to play some Penn State pitch trivia. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and my bookie's mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today with my bookie. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar on deposits up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE, that's O N C O L L E G E, to activate the offer. My bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. We are still joined by Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, and now we're going to play some Penn State Pit trivia. Trivia is a weekly staple here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Uh, we're going to ask Adam five different questions, uh, kind of spanning the Penn State Pit rivalry. And we're going to span uh, almost a century ago with question number one. All right, Adam. So in 1920 and 1921, Penn State and Pitts, the game ended in the same score in back-to-back years. What was the score? This is a good one. Uh, I believe the score was 0-0 for those two years in a row. It was 0-0. Yeah, back-to-back scoreless ties. One of those years, I believe it was 1920. It was one of those years, I believe it clinched undefeated seasons for both teams. Wow. Uh, (laughs) That is quite the way to end your season. That was the one time in the entire history of the rivalry where both sides went home happy because they both ended with an undefeated season. Yeah, well, hopefully that doesn't happen again on Saturday night. And there have been Penn State leads Pitt in the all-time series, but there have been four ties in the series, including one as recently as 1983, which is kind of kind of surprising that that would happen so recently. But moving on, we are going to get some more recent games. Now, Penn State has not won in Pittsburgh, you know, in the, since the turn of the century. I'll say that. When was Penn State's last win? in the Steel City in this series? I believe it was, wasn't 2000, it wasn't in 1998, was it 1998? It was 1998, yes. Uh, 20 years ago was the last time Penn State was victorious over Pitt on the road. 
Uh, Penn State has played twice in Pittsburgh since then. Once was a 12-0 loss in 2000. And then, of course, the 2016 game where Penn State uh, lost 42-39. So, yeah, they're going to try to snap a little road losing streak this weekend. I believe that was the last game at Pitt Stadium as well because they they ended up playing um, at Three River Stadium and Heinz Field. So the last three meetings, this will be the first time since then that they've played consecutive meetings in the same Pittsburgh venue. Well, there's another little fun fact. All right, we're moving on, going back to Happy Valley. In the 1999 season, Penn State, number two in the nation, 34-point favorite, but they only win by three, and they win on a blocked field goal in the last five seconds. Who blocked that field goal? It was a uh, North Hills... Whippeal graduate product, LeVar Arrington. Absolutely, it was LeVar Arrington. Yeah, it was, I mean, not good that you needed needed that play to win that game, but an iconic moment for LeVar. It's kind of like how if you, uh, you know, you, you need to go to, you need to come back against Appalachian State in your home opener and Trace McSorley can, can add a game-tying touchdown in the last minute to his eventual Heisman reel. So anyway, we're going to move on to even more recent history, and that is the 2016 game that Penn State narrowly lost at Pitt. Saquon Barkley had quite an afternoon at Heinz Field that day. How many touchdowns, receiving and running, did he score? It was either three or four. I'm going to go, I'm going to go three. No, it wasn't three. It was five. He scored five times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Saquon Barkley only touched the ball 22 times in that game. And he scored on five of them. I think he had 20 carries and two receptions. He broke. I don't think he broke 100 yards either way, but he scored five touchdowns. Something like that. But that's very impressive considering how you know how far they were down. You know, it wasn't just like he, they were just feeding him the ball. Like they were down pretty much that entire game, so they were throwing a lot, and he still found a way to rack up all these. Yeah, Saquon Barkley was was very good at scoring touchdowns. Okay, last Penn State Pitt trivia question, Adam. It goes back to last year's game. Penn State recorded a safety against Pitt in the fourth quarter of a 33-14 win. Which Penn State player made the tackle on that safety? Well, it's unforgettable. That was that was our boy. Uh, current Pittsburgh Steelers just made the team this week, Marcus Allen. It was Marcus Allen, and he had the famous fish hook celebration. That was actually our Matt Freed. Hey, there were a couple people got that from a couple different angles, but the Post-Gazette's Matt Freed got the really like head-on, like right behind... Um, one of the most perfect uh, Penn State, you know, football pictures of the last, you know, however many years. Yeah, that was one of the lasting moments from the twenty six or twenty seventeen meeting for sure. We'll uh, we'll see what moments we remember from this weekend's game. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. I will see you this weekend in Pittsburgh. Enjoy the game. I will see you then. Sounds great. Enjoy and thanks for having me on. All right, thank you so much. All right, we're going to step away for another quick break, uh, but in the last segment of today's show, we're going to have updated Big Ten power rankings after week one of the 2018 season. The wait is nearly over. Football is almost here, and that means it's fantasy football season again, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe us? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. 
You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance to sign up now. To get into that free $250,000 Survivor Contest, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit. Make sure to visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today. So we're going to end today's show with our updated Big Ten power rankings after week one of the season. The Big Ten, only two teams lost in the Big Ten, Purdue, which was playing a conference game against Northwestern, and then Michigan on Saturday night against Notre Dame. Fortunately, Penn State was not part of that collection of teams. Uh, But anyway, here are the new rankings going into week two of the season. In 14th place in the power rankings, it's, it's still Rutgers. Rutgers is 1-0. That's good news for them. Bad news for them. They play at Ohio State on Saturday. Could be ugly. 13th in this week's power rankings, Illinois. Uh, The Illini narrowly beat Kent State on Saturday, won by a touchdown. They'll play Western Illinois this week, and it could be the last game that Lovey Smith's team wins in 2018. Number 12, Indiana. Indiana beat Florida International, which is weirdly a road game for the Hoosiers. Uh, they could start 3-0. and They have UVA, Virginia, and, and Ball State on the schedule before they open a pretty brutal Big Ten slate. So Indiana you know, might jump out to 3-0. and We'll see. 11th in this week's Big Ten Power Rankings is Minnesota. P.J. Flex Gophers put up 48 points on New Mexico State uh, last Thursday night. They play New Mexico, or excuse me, they play Fresno State this week. Could be an intriguing matchup. It could be a good win for Minnesota if they can get it. Number 10, Nebraska. The Scott Frost era was delayed by lightning. It, uh, Huskers did not play against Akron. That game was canceled, I believe. And so Scott Frost and Nebraska will start with Colorado this Saturday. In a big name matchup. Might not be the best two teams in the country, but some big names there, some history. Number nine, Purdue. I mean, I have to put Purdue here. I like Purdue and even putting them ninth. They lost a tough opener against Northwestern. In a home game, they probably should have won, but they got off to a slow start and never fully recovered from it. But Rondale Moore, true freshman, who was one of the best recruits in the nation and surprised some people when he picked Purdue, was amazing in that game. Could very well be the Big Ten freshman of the year. He looked, he looked phenomenal a speedy wide receiver who they use in the return game, too. And if he gets in space, watch out. Number eight in this week's power rankings, Iowa. Iowa, they played well. They were they had a bad first half against Northern Illinois in their opener, but the Hawkeyes, they won that game handily. And I just dropped them because some other teams in this kind of middle of the pack of the Big Ten had some more impressive wins. So that leads us to number seven, which is Maryland. Maryland was the players at Maryland, you, that's a very impressive win to beat Texas after the offseason they had. Obviously, they lost a teammate. Jordan McNair uh, died after suffering a heat stroke at practice in the summer, and their coaching staff has been under a lot of scrutiny for the way they run that program. 
DJ Durkin is still suspended, likely will be fired eventually when, once this internal investigation plays out. But Maryland, Maryland's team somehow gathered together and they went out and beat a ranked Texas team in the opener, which pretty impressive for the Terps. Number six, uh, Northwestern. Wildcats, they're 1-0, and they're 1-0 in the Big Ten. They won that game on Thursday night at Purdue. Pat Fitzgerald's teams just consistently do this where they grind out good Big Ten wins, and they're probably going to win nine games again this season. Clayton Thorson came back from an ACL injury and looked good, and they have a running back in Jeremy Larkin who put up 143 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Could be a problem. Uh, Northwestern is not on Penn State's schedule this season. Might be a fortunate thing. Number five. So we're going back. The top five, I, the teams in the top five are the same this week, but three of them were underwhelming. Uh, I'll put it. Three of those Big Ten East teams were underwhelming, and one of them is Michigan, who is number five in this week's power rankings. Michigan lost to Notre Dame by a touchdown on the road, which is not the worst result in the world, but it just it, it didn't seem like that much changed from last season's team for for this year's edition of the Wolverines. You have Shea Patterson under center, but still that offense was just really, really not going anywhere. They had a couple big plays late and they made some noise, but a lot of the time it was just they were running one of their running backs off tackle to the left or up the middle and it just, they were getting stuffed and it was boring Michigan football, which is kind of what it looked like a lot last year. Defense was great, especially in the second half, but if Michigan's offense is, is not is going to be that bad and, and their offensive line can't get a push and it could be another eight and five or nine and nine and four season up in Ann Arbor. Number four is I'm moving Penn State down this week in the power rankings to fourth. Kind of have to after you almost blow a 14 point fourth quarter lead against App State. Again, we we covered this in very much detail on Monday's show, and I think Penn State there were some positives for this team, and it went out. It could have been worse. Penn State could have lost this game. And they made a lot of winning plays when they absolutely needed to. But it, there were a lot of concerns, and they were magnified in this game. And it could be – it could be a, a, Penn State might not be the team that some people thought they were a week ago. Number three this week, Michigan State. Spartans kind of have to move up by default here because Michigan lost and Penn State came closer to losing than Michigan State did. Though Michigan State didn't look great. Beat Utah State by a touchdown – on Friday night in their season opener at home. Utah State's not a bad team. Could be a 9 or 10 win team this year. Uh, But it was still surprising to see a team with as many returning starters, as much experience as Michigan State kind of struggle in a a season opener like that. You kind of, you expect that more from a team like Penn State who's replacing a ton of starters and has much more freshman sophomores on the field. So Michigan State got the win, but didn't do it convincingly. Number two in this week's power rankings, Wisconsin. Unlike Michigan State and Penn State, Wisconsin did exactly what you'd think they'd do. Ran Jonathan Taylor. He ran wild behind a great offensive line. They blew out Western Kentucky. Didn't have a problem on Friday night. The Badgers Badgers look good, and I don't think they're going to lose a game for a while. And the number one is Ohio State. Buckeyes put up 77 points. They did it against a Power 5 team. Uh, yeah, I mean, Oregon State might be the worst Power 5 team in college football. But still, 77 points is, is incredible, especially with a new quarterback. Ohio State just has a ton of talent. And the offense, this offense might be better than the ones they've had since they won the national ch- championship in 2014. 
So they played a lousy Power 5 team in Oregon State last week. Speaking of lousy Power 5 teams, Ohio State's playing Oregon State, or <laughs> excuse me, Ohio State's playing Rutgers this weekend, and I assume will be another pretty big win for the Buckeyes who are still without Urban Meyer for the next two weeks. So that's this week's Big Ten Power Rankings here on Locked On Nittany Lions. We'll do that every week, uh, update them as, as things shift around in the conference. And that's going to do it for today's show on Locked On Nittany Lions. Again, if you missed our discussion about the App State game on Monday's show, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. We get into some details about what went wrong and what Penn State can do to fix it moving forward. And coming up later in the week, we're going to have more about Penn State's game against Pitt and series against Pitt coming up. We'll talk with some more people who, who know the both programs. And we're also going to have some discussion later in this week about Saquon Barkley and what to expect in his NFL rookie season. So keep an eye out for those shows. Again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate everyone who subscribes, downloads, rates, and reviews. Locked on Nittany Lines. We'll be back on Wednesday. Thanks for listening.